You're going to love this. Just love it. What? From Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM Ridgecrest and China Lake, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe. On kpfk.org, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. We are live today, live this afternoon in the Pacifica Radio's uh, studio here in uh, beautiful North Hollywood, or wherever the hell it is, and uh, I'm uh, delighted to be back live. It's been uh, too long since we've been able to take some of your calls over your public airwaves. We're going to do that a little bit later in this show. We've uh, been in a fun drive recently, so my thanks to KPFK supporters. Uh, you can reach us at 818-985-5735, 818 985 KPFK, if you'd like to take back your airwaves by using them before you lose them more than you already have. We're going to talk in a little bit about uh, my argument that uh, we're actually as bad as things seem sometimes when you listen to talk radio, this radio station, read the newspapers, look at the cable uh, news networks, uh, as bad as things seem. I would argue we are on the verge of a progressive era, and I would argue that that's good news. Uh, I've been talking about this uh, for the last week or so, looking at some of this uh, polling from the New York Times CBS News poll, finding that, uh, let's see, huge majorities, huge majorities of Americans across uh, all parties agree with progressive ideals. 80% 80% favor requiring, 80% favor requiring employers to offer paid leave to parents of new children. 71% support raising the federal minimum wage to $10.10 an hour. 68% support raising taxes on those making more than $1 million per year. It goes on and on and on. The progressive position is now the moderate position, is now the popular position. And at the same time, Republicans are disappearing. The conservative base is going away. No matter what these uh, right-wingers are doing in this 2016 race, the fact is that a GOP candidate, this is according to a, a Gallup poll just out last week, a GOP candidate positioning himself or herself as conservative on both social and economic issues theoretically will appeal to less than half 
of the broad base of rank-and-file party members. Less than half of the Republican Party even agrees with uh, these what is considered to be conservative social and economic positions. So I believe we are on the verge of a progressive age. And uh, you can call me up in a little bit and tell me I'm completely wrong. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, I'm Brad Friedman, didn't I? From bradblog.com. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com. You can tweet me throughout the hour at the Brad Blog, as well as calling us at 818-985-5735. You should also know, by the way, that we are available to you five days a week, even if you don't hear us on your air. For example, here at KPFK, we're, we're available five days a week on, uh, on the archives, kpfk.org. Stop by the archives, download a new show each and every day of the week. Uh, earlier this week, uh, uh, yesterday, in fact, we had a former cop, now University of, Southern, of uh, South Carolina Law School policing policy expert Seth Stoughton talking about that insane McKinney, Texas pool party video. Maybe we'll play a little bit of that a little bit later on. Uh, Tim Shorrock, investigative journalist, uh, was on talking about uh, the growing concerns about our shadow NSA even after the reform, and I put that in quotes, of the Patriot Act last week. Um, so uh, maybe we'll play some of that, too. Uh, well, it depends. Depends if you want to talk. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, we will uh, also speak with Desi Doyen on the Green News Report in a little bit following the wettest month in U.S. history. Yes, even with California now suffering through its worst drought on record, on historic record, the month of May was still the wettest in U.S. history. And we'll also talk about the real facts behind that misleading EPA study on fracking. The one that found that uh, fracking contaminates uh, drinking water, which many in the media reported as if fracking is completely safe. But first, before all of that, we've been talking about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP, trade agreement over the past few weeks, which is, of course, as I'm sure you know, a U.S. trade pact with uh, uh, nine Pacific Rim nations and uh, Canada and Mexico. Been talking about the concerns about it from progressives who disagree with President Obama and the White House, which claims that uh, this deal is the most progressive trade deal ever. And as we discussed uh, with uh, Congressman Alan Grayson on this very broadcast just a few weeks back, uh, concerns about the secrecy surrounding it all and the inability of the public to examine the deal and even of members of Congress who have to go into a room secretly. They can't go in with any staff members or attorneys or lawyers or experts. No advisors can't take notes in order to review the latest draft. This is just insane. And then even those Congress members can't speak about it to the public if they have read it. Now, as early as this Friday, the U.S. House may vote to approve fast track or uh, up or down approval for the TPP and for other trade packs like it, like the TIPP. Uh, for the next 10 years, they'll be able to uh, any president will be able to put through these trade packs with uh, no amendments from Congress and just an up or down vote for the next 10 years, no matter who the president is. 
In the meantime, on Wednesday, a House Democrat accused President Obama of losing touch with the real world as his administration pushes for this fast-track authority on this trade pack. Rep. Brad Sherman, according to The Hill, uh, opposes the pending uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership and the legislation to help finalize it. He said Obama lives in a cloister at the White House. Congressman Sherman said, quote, we're in our districts. We don't live in a cloister where the only people who get in, uh, who can get in are the captains of industry and the titans of Wall Street. We're the ones that are standing in the county fairs, taking talking to whoever wants to come up and talk to us. Sherman said that living in the White House for the last six years has put Obama out of touch with uh, the common American and that he should listen to the perspective of fellow Democrats who are opposing him on trade. The president should trust us, says Sherman, his 200 most fervent supporters who, unlike him, have a chance to get out and see the real world, he said. Brad Sherman said we have the same values, but we don't have the same lifestyle. Well, Brad Sherman is a uh, member of Congress, a Democrat from California's 30th congressional district with the San Fernand in, in the San Fernando Valley, right out here in Los Angeles County. Congressman Brad Sherman joins us right now on the broadcast. Congressman, welcome to the broadcast, sir. It is great to be on the broadcast, and if people have difficulty keeping you and me straight, <laughs> since we have the same first name, they should remember that. This Brad Sherman comes from America's best name city, Sherman Oaks. There you go. Smartly played. And you're also the one with the good hair. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> uh, as, as people in the Valley know, uh, I'm, uh, I've got a tiny amount of hair around the side, and I'm best known for handing out plastic combs with my name yeah, and my phone number. Con- Congressman, we're on the radio. You don't have to give that kind of stuff away. I was giving you a compliment. You didn't have to have to let people know the truth. All right. We we occasionally take a break from our Brad only rule on this show to uh, have folks like Congressman Alan Grayson. He was here a few weeks ago uh, talking about his concerns about this bill. Uh, and before we get into your specific concerns about this bill, one of the things that uh, uh, your colleague, uh, Congressman Grayson, had, to, his biggest concern seemed to be the secrecy around this bill and the fact that the public can't see it. Uh, the corporate lobbyists can, but the public can't. And even members of Congress can't see it, uh, at, at least unless they uh, go in alone, take no notes, bring no staff, etc., uh, Congressman Sherman, have you had the chance to uh, to actually look at the latest draft of this uh, TPP bill? Well, first, uh, they haven't finished writing it. Mm-hmm. I have had a chance to look at the draft, but what I'm not able to do is bring in uh, economists, uh, bring in experts, bring in trade lawyers. And what we have is a one-sided propaganda machine where we get classified briefings from administration experts uh, and they're able to say, uh, I'm an economist, I read and reread every part of it, and here's why it's great. And then everybody who wants to make the other point uh, has to start by saying, well, I haven't been allowed to read it, but here's what I think. Uh, the fact is uh, that there, there are two, uh, under, you know, two, two big things that are in this deal that, uh, that really affect me. 
Uh, the first is it is a continuation of the worst trade policy in the history of mammalian life. Over the last 30 years, uh, we've gone from being the number one creditor nation to the one, number one debtor nation, the number one surplus nation in history, to the number one deficit nature in history. And we would have 5 million more jobs. We would have a labor shortage. We would have employers bidding up wages mm-hmm. if only we had balanced trade. And it's uh, perhaps a coincidence, perhaps not, that just when our economy is getting to the point where you might see a few raises, we have this opportunity to enter into this agreement, which will ensure wage stagnation for at least another decade. Now, I think what you're referring to when you talk about the, the worst trade deal in the history of mammalian life, if I think I uh, got you quoted correctly there, uh, you're referring to NAFTA, which uh, was passed under uh, Bill Clinton's watch. And uh, the, But the president, uh, this president, President Obama, says that this agreement, the TPP, will in fact fix a lot of the problems of NAFTA. Is he right, or is this a matter of you just have to uh, believe and trust him at this point? Uh, it, the, the policy I'm criticizing is not just NAFTA. Okay. It's the overall policy that we've had. The single worst thing we did was grant uh, most favored nation status to China mm-hmm. while getting no agreements in return of any significance. Mm-hmm. The problem we have is that we have we have process-oriented agreements rather than result-oriented agreements. So we open our markets to other countries. They can flood us with imports, and we pretend to have access to their markets, but they're not, they're, there's no, we never look at the results. We never say, hey, you're not, you're not buying American products. Uh, we're not buying American services. The relationship is lopsided. And so... Uh, It it stems from this belief that every other country is just like us. Here in America, people will buy from wherever and are allowed to buy from wherever, subject only to our written laws and rules. So if you change the written laws and rules, you open up your market. Other countries have unwritten rules, government control, policies, and currency manipulation. So other countries say, well, we'll have free access to the American market, and we've got a half a dozen ways to block their access to our market. Is Needless the- to say, uh, over the last uh, 30 years, uh, ha- we have seen the greatest reversal in trade fortunes that any country has ever had. So is there nothing in this agreement, uh, or at least have the White House uh, told you there's anything in this agreement that that would, you know, that is not just the the carrot, but also the stick that would force the uh, the trade partners to open up their uh, countries to American trade and would pull back the trade agreements if they don't? Is there nothing like that built into this agreement? They have to make changes to their written rules their published government uh, regulations and mm-hmm. laws. Mm-hmm. But there's no requirement that we actually, that they actually buy anything. And so the idea that, say, Vietnam, because this, this, this deal is basically a deal with, China, with Japan, Vietnam, 
and China. And mm-hmm. you'll be told China's not part of this, but I'll explain how they are. Okay. Uh, but look at Vietnam. We're told we're going to have free access to their markets. They don't have any freedom. They don't have any markets. Um, the government uh, has a, a, owns control or controls uh, all of the companies that might actually import American products. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter whether they change their written laws or not. The Communist Party of Vietnam will determine whether they buy the U.S. product or they buy the Russian project or they buy the German product. And getting a change in a law that nobody looks at or cares about uh, isn't going to affect anything. Whereas in the United States, imagine if, uh, if some congressman went to a BMW dealer uh-huh. and told them, not, don't sell BMWs, sell Chevys. Right. There'd be a press. The guy would hold a press conference the next day, and say, uh, "This congressman's an idiot." Uh, in Vietnam, it's a little different. Uh, in Vietnam, oral statements by commissars, cadres, etc., um, uh, by government officials, mm-hmm. have to be taken seriously. So, and and uh, you don't have any due process if they decide to arrest you for not taking it seriously. So. Um, Plus, there's currency manipulation. We never intervene in foreign currency markets to suppress the value of the dollar. Japan suppresses the value of the yen, and China is is superb in in, in uh, suppressing the value of its currency. And nothing in this agreement, to your knowledge, uh, levels the playing field in, in in any of those regards. Is that correct? I'm I'm asking because I know that you have to believe yeah. in a textbook model of how countries work in order to think that we're getting any significant concessions at all. Were you and a, that's, were, were you and, a part, and that's why yeah. the South Korean deal, our exports to South Korea actually went down after the agreement. Yeah. Were, were you a part of this meeting recently? I know that uh, Congressman Sander Levin of Michigan uh, had asked for a meeting with uh, a, a number of House Democrats with the U.S. Trade Representative because he had specific concerns about places like uh, Vietnam and, uh, you know, their, what they would be required to do. He came out of that meeting, according to Greg Sargent at The Washington Post, less confident about uh, the prospects of a good deal here in TPP. Were you a part of that meeting, and do you share his uh, concern after coming out and speaking about the specifics with the White House on this? There have been half a dozen such meetings, and I've been at several, um, and... Uh, the the one technicality I want to get uh, before your listeners is rules of origin. You see, you think this is just a deal for Japan, Vietnam, and then other countries we already have free trade agreements with, where, okay, they'll have access to our markets, but we'll have access to theirs. So you figure this is just going to be Vietnamese and Japanese exports to the United States. The fact is, goods that are 50, 60, 70 percent admitted to be made in China which means 80 or 90% actually made in China, Mm -hmm. simply need to have a little Vietnamese content or a little Japanese content, Mm. and they get fast-tracked into the United States. Oh, man. So you have China gets 80% of the benefits of this agreement without even having to sign it, without even having to pretend that it might adhere to any of its provisions. What a what a racket! How how then, uh, Congressman? Uh, speaking with Congressman Brad Sherman of uh, California's thirtieth district, uh, how 
How then does the White House, and I hate to put you in a position to defend the White House here, but when they call it the most progressive trade deal ever, uh, on what basis are they talking about? And by the way, is it true that it could be both the most progressive trade deal ever and still stink? Well, they're not comparing it to some of the minor deals that we've had uh, we, uh, with Jordan, et cetera. But uh, um, uh, when you compare it to MFN with China, when you compare it to NAFTA, uh, there are a few elements that are a little better. But uh, the big thing that they don't focus on is this agreement, as part of the negotiations, they've explicitly agreed not to deal with currency manipulation. Now, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you might reach a different conclusion. But now it's obvious that currency manipulation is the number one method of, uh, of unfair trade practice. Uh, Japan uses it. China uses it uh, spectacularly. And they, they, they've agreed not to cover it, which means you're, almost, you're, you're, you're lauded and, and invited to manipulate your currency. And then they say, well, we're going to get China into a U.S. design system. No, the number one thing that China designs into a system is currency manipulation. And so even though China's not negotiating, we're designing a system to establish Chinese rules on currency manipulation uh, for all of our uh, uh, trade in Asia. You take some pretty direct shots at the White House uh, if this, if you are quoted correctly in uh, in the Hill today, saying that the president uh, essentially is living in a cloister in the White House, that he should trust you, and, and that um, normally you and a lot of these uh, Democrats, a lot of the progressive Democrats who would normally support him on just about everything are running around with your hair on fire, such as it is, and, uh, and saying this is a terrible deal. Why is the president not listening to his strongest supporters? And have you received any blowback uh, today since, uh, since these uh, comments of yours were printed in The Hill? Well, The, the Hill slightly exaggerated. I'm not the, 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 the president's lifestyle is compelled by security circumstances mm-hmm. and by the job. Um, but he, he can't go uh, to the cult concerts in the park in Woodland Hills, even if he wants to hear a Beatles cover band. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't criticize the president for living the life that a president has to live. And likewise, I don't think he's out of touch. I just don't think that he's in touch to the degree that, that 200 members of Congress are. I mean, ordinary people have their jobs, their families, and they're aware of some things. Members of Congress, if we're doing our jobs, we're out in the community in every different aspect and socio-ethnic everything. So it's my job to be in touch, and nothing about my job prevents me from going out, you know, security or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can go anywhere and do go everywhere. Uh, and yet multiply that by 199 other Democrats, including delegates. And that is a phenomenal in-touch system. Compared to that, a president, with all those security concerns, with all the pressures of his job, 
can't be in that much touch. That's why he ought to trust us. Congressman, we've got just a minute or two left. I take it then that when you're out speaking with your constituents, and granted this is uh, liberal, uh, progressive Los Angeles County, you're hearing from them they are against this uh, TPP deal. Are they against both the TPP deal and the uh, fast-track legislation that will make it much easier for the uh, for final approval? Or are they against both? And are you uh, against both Fast Track and the uh, the deal itself as it's currently written? I'm uh, against both. And there's a third element of this, which is called trade adjustment assistance. Some mm-hmm. people call it burial insurance. It's a program that will provide a tiny amount of aid to some, uh, but uh, sorry, you know, a small percentage of those who lose their jobs as a result of the trade deal. But they fund it by cutting Medicare. So you're turning to seniors and saying, you lose a bit of your Medicare Mm. so that maybe if your son or daughter loses their job, there's some slight chance they'll get a little bit of help. But it's from your Medicare money. Good Lord. Well, what's the math on this? I know this may come up for a vote on Friday uh, in the House. It's already fast-track legislation uh, has already passed the U.S. Senate. Uh, will there be enough uh, Republican votes who generally seem to support this? Will there be enough Republican votes to pass this on their own in the U.S. House? Or is it going to require Democrats coming along? And are there enough uh, Democrats that will uh, come on in and, and help the Republicans out on this in the U.S. House? They'll need between 15 and 20 percent of the Democrats uh, to vote for this. And uh, they, of course, support it because... If you're on Wall Street, it's difficult to make money by paying good wages to Americans and selling your products here, let alone selling them abroad. It is easier to make sense, uh, make uh, products for 50 cents uh, an hour in Vietnam and import them to the United States. So the, the business model that's preferred is one that uh, just opens our markets and has us run a big trade deficit. And uh, as technology gets better, there are more and more different kinds of services that can also be offshored. And so if uh, if you're sitting uh, you know, at a business school saying, okay, what's our model for making a billion dollars? It starts with imports. Well, and that explains uh, support from the Republicans. But are will there be whatever you said, twenty uh, percent of the, the Democrats that will go along with this as you see it, or can this be stopped in the U.S. House by Democrats it, voting against this thing? It can be stopped. Um, it is close. Uh, Boehner would have scheduled the vote last week if he had the votes. And uh, they have a bit of a snag in that uh, in order to get Democratic votes in the Senate, they've promised uh, this trade adjustment assistance. Uh, but ooh, I'm not sure the bill was looked at all that carefully as to how it was being paid for. But here in the House, uh, we, are on, uh, we, we are clearly aware that they pay for that assistance by cutting Medicare. So um, I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to put anything together in the next week or two if we can delay this and not give them a victory uh, in the house before the 4th of July break then my colleagues will be out and people in 
every Fourth of July parade will be shouting out them at one from one coast to the other. No on fast track. Mm. So um, uh, I think the next three weeks are are going to be decisive. Um, my fear is that they pass something through the House and it's pending in the Senate by the time we get uh, to the July Fourth break because it's going to be ultimately if this thing gets stopped, it's going to be. What, what's the best way for people to uh, voice their concerns about this? Calling the uh, calling the old Congress. Call uh, call your congressman, and uh, you know you have the congressman where you live. You have the congressman where you work, etc. Uh, call and say no on fast track and no on uh, taking money away from Medicare to try to fast track the fast track uh, through this. Uh, you know this band-aid that they call uh, trade adjustment assistance and uh, call call now call the district office call the washington office and uh, uh, especially if you uh, if you're calling a republican member of congress uh, there are some undecided democrats uh, or at least those who haven't or either they're not decided mm-hmm. or they've decided the wrong way we got to change them uh, they include ami barris amfar uh, uh, I think is undecided. I hope I hope he's leaning our way, and uh, Jim Costa likewise. So, um, uh, but there isn't, you know, look, uh, there isn't a, a single member of Congress uh, that shouldn't get a few dozen phone calls. Uh, it's always good uh, uh, to hear from people who, uh, who want to protect the uh, A few dozen, we can do better than that. You can reach your Congress member at two zero two 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 four. 3121 that's 202 224 3121 and they will put you in touch with the uh with your representative Congressman Brad Sherman representing Don't say Sherman told told you to call. Leave me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I didn't tell him that. I didn't recommend that. You're right, you're right. Oh, I didn't. You did. You did he- Brad. Yeah, you didn't hear. It. Yeah, just tell him Brad told you to call. See how that goes. <laughs> Congressman Brad Sherman of uh, uh, California's 30th District, uh, Democrat, representing us here since 1997. Congressman, great to talk to you. Uh, Long overdue on the broadcast. I hope you'll join us again in the future. Look forward to it. Thanks. Thank you, sir. That was my uh, conversation with Congressman Brad Sherman just about an hour or so ago. We're going to take a quick break here and come back with your phone calls. Is there anybody out there who supports TPP at this point? Anyone? We'll put you right to the top of the line. You can tell us why. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. We'll be back with your calls and what I will describe as the beginning of the new progressive age. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Live today at KPFK. About to take your calls, 818-985-5735. Love to hear what's on your mind. But yeah, things are getting better. So I'm about to do what you're not supposed to do 
in talk radio. In talk radio where you're supposed to be outraged about absolutely everything because that gets the phones ringing and I don't know, it makes people listen. I don't know. You know what? Uh, I don't care. Uh, We'll break the rules around here. Uh, My belief is we are on the verge of a new progressive age. And that as bad as things sound, as bad as things uh, sounded in that uh, conversation with Congressman Brad Sherman, my thanks again to him before the break, uh, as bad as things seem when you turn on uh, cable news uh, on on television, as bad as things seem seem when you see uh, all of these videos that are now coming out, uh, you know, showing uh, police uh, killing, abusing, uh, throwing down African-Americans, all of that, I would still argue that that is the sign of actually things getting better. One of my guests uh, this week, uh, Seth Stoughton, earlier uh, a former uh, a policeman, now he's a, an assistant professor at the University of South Carolina. Um, he talked about uh, that fact and the fact that seeing these videos is actually a good thing. Uh, gee, do we have a clip number one standing away? Go ahead. Uh, this was uh, Seth Stoughton uh, earlier this week talking about this McKinney pool party nonsense. A lot of the, the public was shocked by the Rodney King video. A lot of African-American communities were not. They said, look, this stuff happens every day. Why are you not aware of this? Mm -hmm. In a way, these videos vindicate many of the complaints that we've heard from minority communities for years now. I think that's a great thing because we cannot improve policing as an institution until we know what's going on, until we have public and political will to look into it and say, you know, these practices are not what we want to see. They need to be better, and we demand that they're better. And we demand better, and people are demanding better. And you've got people on both the Republican and the Democratic side saying, yes, we need to do better. We need to have criminal justice reform. You're hearing it from Rand Paul. You're hearing it from Hillary Clinton. And, of course, you're hearing it from Bernie Sanders and the rest of the progressives on the Democratic side. But you're hearing progressive positions that in the past, in the past 10 or 20 years, were thought to be, oh, those are lefty positions. No, they're not lefty positions. They are now front and square, right in the center, incredibly popular positions, as that New York Times uh, CBS poll I I read some uh, uh, stats from earlier show you. And at the same time, uh, we're now seeing a discussion of health care as a universal right for all. And whether you like Obamacare or not, 12 million more people now have health care because of it. Marriage equality in every state of the union, that won't be long. We'll see what the Supreme Court says in the next week or two about it. But I would be shocked if we didn't see marriage equality in all 50 states. We already have it in a majority of states. We're already seeing uh, increasing of the minimum wage. Again, Hillary Clinton was was calling over the weekend, uh, called for $15 an hour minimum wage and for the unionization of fast food restaurants. For paid sick leave, paid family leave, free college tuition, Bernie Sanders is out there talking about. Elizabeth Warren is talking about uh, reforming the uh, the obscene student loan rates. Immigration reform. You've got, again, Hillary getting to the left of Barack Obama on this on this. Talk about breaking up the big banks. You're hearing this from the left and the right. Again, a center position. Most of America wants to break up these two big-to-fail banks. 
restoring oversight of Wall Street. These are now popular populist positions. Ending the carbon age, the end of coal, oil, uh, and their, their replacement with renewables as solar power has absolutely plummeted. Talked about criminal justice reform, mass surveillance reform. We had reform finally last week uh, to the uh, to the Patriot Act for the first time since 9-11. Was it incredibly wonderful reform? No, but it was a move in the right direction. I'm not suggesting these things are going to happen overnight, but I would suggest on all of these points, we are moving in the right direction. On election reform, you had uh, once again Hillary Clinton coming out and calling for, you know, calling out Republicans by name. A presidential candidate calling out these Republicans by name for restricting the right to vote and calling for universal registration, which could add 50 million voters to the rolls immediately. The end of the drug war. Uh, we're seeing the end of uh, specifically the prohibition on marijuana. Uh, we, we talked about that a little bit last week on this show, how more and more uh, states are not just adding it medical marijuana, but recreational marijuana, ending the prohibition. I believe we are heading into a new progressive age. You can call and tell me I'm completely wrong. 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Uh, You know, the regressive policies, the bans on marriage equality and the freedom to marry who you love, that's been found unconstitutional uh, in state after state, court after court, Uh, even abortion restrictions. I know that Republicans are out there putting restrictions on the right to choose everywhere. It's also being found unconstitutional. Restrictions on voting are being found unconstitutional. Yes, as Martin Luther King said, the arc of the moral universe is long. But it bends towards justice. I believe it is bending towards justice in this country in a way that we haven't seen in decades. And I know sometimes it's hard to see, but I believe that's where we're heading. Again, I know I'm supposed to be outraged. On radio, you're supposed to be outraged about everything. Uh, There's there's plenty to be outraged about, and these things aren't going to happen overnight. But... um, Take a step back, take a breath, and and look at where we're headed. I believe we are headed in the right direction. You can call and tell me we are not and tell me why you believe that. 818-985-5735. Let's go to, well, let's talk about the the TPP a little bit here. Uh, uh, Joanna in Santa Monica. Hey, Joanna, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Sure. I'm concerned about Mr. Obama's pressuring and pushing of this, and I tend to believe, actually I'm convinced, that what he's doing is he's preparing himself for his post-presidency years. Um, In other words, insinuating himself with corporate entities Mm. who will make him a fortune. The other thing is I have to mention now that you keep bringing up Hillary, Mm -hmm. I think we can definitely judge people by their actions. And I do feel very strongly that she is saying absolutely anything to win the primary, I'm not sure. I don't trust her. I really don't trust her. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very closely, they're on very close terms with the Bush family. They're constantly up in Kenny Bunkport. I've seen them there. I happen to know firsthand these people, and I don't think you, that she can be trusted. I think the whole issue is that she's just throwing everything sticks against the wall. It doesn't mean she's going to carry through or act on it. 
Do, do you trust Bernie Sanders, by the way? Yes, I do, because Bernie has more of a track record mm-hmm. than, um, than, you know, he's someone I feel as though he's the guy. He's saying it just like he, he is. He's logical, he's based in common sense, and he's got a decency about him, and you can judge him by his record. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Hillary inherits Bill Clinton's record, whether it's uh, revoking Glass-Steagall promoting three strikes, you're out in 1995, taking on the Republican agenda of welfare reform, which was Newt Gingrich's, and promoting NAFTA in 1994. Unfortunately, you almost have to be like me, someone who keeps up all the time. Everything is caveat emptor today, no matter what you do, whether it's you, you go to the doctor, you go to a lawyer. You have to be so well-read. You have to have a sense and a context of his history and literature to understand what is going on in this world right now. Thank you, Joanna. Well, well said. Uh, we need to get you a radio show. Well done, Joanna. Really, really appreciate. I'd love to help you anytime. You're awesome. Thank you. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to uh, Bill in Lake Elsinore. What's on your mind, sir? Good afternoon, Brad, and welcome back. Thank you. Uh, kudos to Joanna. Yeah, she's uh, good, huh? Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah. I'm afraid the pub, uh, public that goes to their television set for information still is a huge problem. Because the, the progressive agenda is rising, yeah, due to the social media and, and uh, anything other than television. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, a good example would be manufacturing. When Barack Obama says that manufacturing is up and exports are up in America, he's talking about cans of beer and boxes of macaroni and cheese and movies, and, and he never mentions durable goods, high-level skilled manufacturing. Well, and he's also talking about manufacturing being up since the, you know, the crash in 2007 and 2008. Everything is up since then. That ain't hard. But, uh, yeah, I take your point, Bill. Absolutely. And uh, the, the interview with the uh, congressman was absolutely correct. I was around during the days when employers did bid for employees through higher wages and and excellent business practices and we did real work real skilled work remember that those were the days thanks thanks bill i appreciate your call uh let me go to uh fred 818-985-kpfk if you want to get in uh desi stand by by the way uh green news report coming up in just a few minutes uh here we go yeah fred in uh los feliz hey fred welcome to the broadcast sir Yes, Brad. Um, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for uh, for your program, uh, your very engaging program. Um, just a quick comment on uh, the matter of uh, uh, the arc of history bending toward progressivism at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, am I right? A pleasant am, thought. It, it, pleasant thought. We am... need to be very very careful about that in uh-huh. an area such as uh, the recent uh, NSA related legislation. Uh, I think uh, there was a, a uh, maybe a very uh, infinitesimal uh, uh, improvement. Certainly, uh, I think you'd agree, uh, a relatively mm-hmm. small one. Tiny, uh, tiny, think, uh, but but in but one in the right direction, tiny. Fred. In the right direction. It, it's tiny, but it's it's important uh, mm-hmm. to say that the way politics frequently works is to make a tiny improvement, publicize it extensively. And uh, and move on. Mm-hmm. So, with regard to those things, just a personal preference is that uh, you know you watch that one because ultimately the important thing is not to feel good, but to uh, to attempt to deal with this cosmic uh, uh, attenuation reduction uh, of our uh, 
our, our Bill of Rights uh, uh, liberties. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I thank you. Uh, let's not do feel good. Uh, uh, let's let's do uh, let's do improvement. Uh, I hear you. And let, miles and light years away from that one being where it is. Correct. I I agree, Fred. And and let me be clear. I'm not saying oh everything is great. Sit back, nothing to worry about. No, I'm saying. Continue to raise holy hell. Continue to call Congress uh, about this uh, ridiculous, let me just call it ridiculous, TPP deal uh, and the fast-tracking of it that will allow this, uh, what appears, by all accounts, we don't know because we can't look at the actual deal, but what appears to be a terrible deal. Call Congress. Call your Congress member and, and complain. 202 224 3121 is their number. Let them know how you feel. Continue to raise holy hell. No, I'm not suggesting we should sit back and relax and everything's going to be fine. It's all working out. No, I'm trying to say we are moving in the right direction. And sometimes it's very difficult to see that with all of the noise, with all of the nonsense, with all of the things that appear to be terrible. Yes, those videos that we are seeing uh, coming out are, are terrible. They are terrible videos. On the other hand, the fact that we are seeing them now is a good thing. The fact that for years African Americans have been talking about, uh, you know, the horrific policing in their communities and people in the media have been able to say, ah, well, then no, don't pay any attention to them. They're just complaining. No, now we see what it's like and people are being held to account for it. And I would argue things are changing. Never fast enough, but again, moving in the right direction. And I think it's mm, smart every now and again to uh, stop and take a look at that. But again, you may disagree, which is why we have the public airwaves and which is why you can call and disagree with me. 818-985-KPFK. Oh, let's go to uh, Gigi in Pasadena. 818-985-5735. Gigi in Pasadena. Hey, Gigi, welcome to the broadcast. Love the show. Love you and Desi tremendously, and I promise I get right to it. But you're all over the map. Now you got me thinking about the police, the the police <laughs> violence. But first of all, I hate to disappoint you, but I do totally agree. I agree 101% that things are moving forward, and part of it is probably the biggest reason that I'm excited is because of the technology. I, um, uh, um, well, I, I, I always say biracial. Mm. It's kind of a, and now my, my, my millennial granddaughter just goes, no, Gigi, yeah. it's, uh, you, you know, you're, 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 it, it, you are ethnically ambiguous. So, I've lived my life, if I'm with my white groups and white friends, and I do have, mostly I'm with mixed groups, which is great, but if I happen to just be with some white girlfriends, we're treated totally, I have gotten tickets and gotten them written off. The last time I got a ticket was when Trayvon Martin was killed, and I remember this vividly, because I was coming out of a target. Now, now, Gigi, remember, you said, you told Desi you were going to get right to the point. Remember that, Gigi? Did we lose Gigi? Oh, no, we lost Gigi. Oh, man. Okay, Gigi, call us back. We'll try to get you back on. Darn it. I actually wanted to hear her point. I wanted to find out where she was going. Uh, Kyle in Santa Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. Wow, that was quick. Um, so uh, I, was, I was saying um, you, uh, you're, you're saying that things are getting better, so uh, um, should, that, uh, should we be putting less pressure on and uh, you no. know, be, less, be less outraged about... You know, it, it, it's kind of just token change what happened with the, you know, the, the adjustment of the Patriot Act mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that. I mean, and with Hillary Clinton, 
uh, like like a previous caller was saying, shit, her, her record speaks for itself. We really can't trust her at all. And you know, something like fifteen dollars, you know, uh, national uh, national minimum wage is kind of very small and and you know pales in comparison to you know all the all the things that we need to be doing. Okay, but we're moving in the right direction, are we, Kyle? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, you, you can say that there's some progress being made, but um, proportionately to where we should be and, you know, the uh, potential that we have and the challenges we need to face, um, it's not even close. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous to think that somebody like Hillary Clinton or, or Rand Paul is, is going to be able to deliver, uh, you know, what we, uh, kind of what we need to do and the mobilizations that we need to be making with the economy and with the environment and everything else. Thanks, Kyle. I agree, and I appreciate the call very much. All right, let's get to some green news. This is your broadcast. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the broadcast. Stopping the broadcast and melting for you. That was a little bit of an abrupt break. My fault there. Sorry about that. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Desi Joyen joins us for the latest Green News Report. Anything uh, going on in the environmental world this no, week? Nothing uh, uh, no, nothing yet. It's nothing. It's all good. Okay. No, I'm kidding, of course. There's lots going on, and we probably should get to And it's it. all good? No. It's not? <laughs> it's not. Oh, you're ruining my theme today. Let's Sorry. go to, let's get to our latest Green News Report. It could mean tens of thousands of wells um, that have water quality and water pollution issues. EPA study confirms fracking contaminates drinking water. Norway divests from coal. May was the wettest month ever on record for the U.S. Plus... What is the environmental policy of the Republican Party? When I ask that question, I get a blank stare. Republican Senator and presidential candidate Lindsey Graham smacks Republicans on climate science denial. All of that smacking and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I feel like a Greenpeace volunteer who successfully got someone's attention. I I didn't think this would happen, and now I don't know what to do. Now that we've successfully gotten your attention, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the month of May was not the wettest May on record. It was the wettest month ever on record in the U.S. Is that correct? That is correct. But we'll we'll get to more of that in just a moment. I'll get my umbrella. But first, in a major new study, the Environmental Protection Agency confirms that the fracking industry has contaminated drinking water wells in the U.S., but calls the contamination, quote, not widespread or systemic. The oil and gas industry immediately seized on that headline to claim that the EPA declared fracking safe, which it most definitely did not. The EPA itself admits in the report that it was forced to rely on voluntary data reported by the industry. Lauren Pagel, policy director for environmental group Earthworks, noted on the broadcast that the EPA study really was quite limited. They didn't go out to very many places where communities have been complaining of polluted drinking water. They ignored some severely polluted areas where families 
can light their water on fire. They didn't do everything that was needed to be able to make the conclusion that they that they made about widespread pollution. I love the fact that they ignored families who could light their water on fire. That's amazing. And they could only work with the data they had. The oil and gas companies were refusing to give them the data they needed to do a proper study. Indeed. But, of course, those same companies and the media trumpeted this as if fracking causes no problems whatsoever. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Amazing. And, of course, remember, the oil and gas industry is a major advertiser on the broadcast media. Good point, but not here. An update in that oil pipeline spill in Santa Barbara County, California, back in May. A preliminary investigation by the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration finds that the pipeline was badly corroded, with over 80% of the wall thickness of the pipeline eaten away. Yet in regulatory filings, the pipeline company, Plains All-America, assured federal and state regulators that its experts had confirmed a rupture in the line was, quote, extremely unlikely, and that state-of-the-art remote monitoring would detect a spill in 15 minutes. It took nearly two hours. And left a horrible mess and a bunch of dead wildlife. But other than that, why worry? In politics, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is coming out against his fellow candidates in the race for the 2016 Republican presidential nomination. Ah. Speaking in Iowa on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday, the South Carolina senator criticized his entire party for denying climate change. What is the environmental policy of the Republican Party? When I ask that question, I I get a blank stare. We don't have an environmental policy. We have an energy policy. If I'm president of the United States, we're going to address climate change and CO2 emissions in a business-friendly way. We're going to find oil and gas that we own because we're going to use fossil fuels for a long time to come, but it's okay to set uh, lower carbon uh, targets. I do believe that climate change is real. I want a business solution to that problem. The Republican Party is increasingly out of step with the rest of the world. Norway's parliament on Friday voted to sell off its investments in coal in their government pension fund. That pension fund has $900 billion, considered the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world. It will sell off investments in companies that rely on coal for more than 30% of their revenue. Coal down, oil and gas to go. Finally, as we noted earlier, not only did the month of May set rainfall records in both Texas and Oklahoma, it broke the record for the wettest month ever recorded in the United States. That's according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. This despite the record drought in California and the West. Mm. Fifteen states got so much rain, it drove the nationwide average over the top to break the record for wettest month ever. I'd say unbelievable, except it's totally believable. It's exactly what scientists have been warning us about for decades. Let's keep ignoring them, shall we? For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. See? See, things are getting better. Uh, not Maybe not the Earth, but Norway's dumping coal, so there's that. 
My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, as always, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and to our soundboard operator today, G. Good to see you, G. You look well. We'll be back with you same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. If you missed any portion of the show, check out kpfk.org, our archives, and, of course, bradblog.com. And you can find me and follow me on the Twitters and the Facebook at The Brad Blog. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.